I know I spent my whole life trying to be perfect, perfect at work, perfect at home, perfect mother, perfect wife, perfect everything. And one of the things I have learned is good enough is okay. We are human. We're not perfect. And that really is one of the most important things that I've learned. I do my best. And, you know, I'm older now. I'm not as perfect as I used to be. Um, I do make mistakes and that's okay. Welcome to the tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober, or just plain sober curious, you need a tribe. You need a tribe because it's so hard to do this alone. You need a tribe because you need support. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've got your back. Here at Tribe Sober, we have people at all stages of the journey, all helping each other to stay on track. On this podcast, we've got recovery stories to inspire you, experts to inform you, and plenty of advice on how to ditch the drink and change your life. So here's your host, tribe leader, Janet Gorond. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tribe Sober podcast. My name is Janet Goron. I'm the founder of Tribe Sober, and I'm your host for this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you for all your lovely reviews. Here's a review that arrived in my inbox this morning. I did 41 alcohol-free days, but then the wheels came off. I've been struggling for months ever since, but then I discovered the podcast's I listened to three yesterday and three today. They're absolutely brilliant and have encouraged me to get started all over again. I was delighted to receive that because I remember when you when you fail, when you've been doing well for a while and then you slip up, you think, oh, I'll never get this. And you feel so discouraged and it takes a lot of energy to get back on, on track again. And just the fact that our podcast gave that lady a little push, um, I'm thrilled. So today I'm chatting to Sue McLeod. She's an essential member of our team. She's a lovely British lady who approached me out of the blue a couple of years ago. And she's been instrumental in helping me set up and run our membership program. By the time Sue joined, we'd run about 30 workshops And we were finding that the bonding between the people on the workshops and with us was quite strong and they wanted to stay involved. They wanted to stay connected. And they also wanted some support to help them implement the theory that they'd learned on the workshops. So we decided that a subscription membership program might be just the job. And that's how our World Without Wine tribe was born. I began our conversation by asking Sue to tell us a bit about herself. I was born in London, came to South Africa in December 1991. I am 61 years old. I have a son who's nearly 29. And my second husband that I've been married to for 18 years, he has two kids as well. So, Sue, when did you first start thinking that you might have a bit of an unhealthy relationship with alcohol? Um, I don't think I really did until um, we went down to live in Comakey, which was March um, 2014. Up until then, it had been more binging, um, you know, not when my son was around and having people over for brides and partying in our LARPA in Joburg. Uh, so I think it was only really when we went down to Comakey and that felt like being on permanent holiday. 
So, and we got, we went to Sea Rescue and there are lots of youngsters there and we started going to the pub after Sea Rescue meetings and I remember one night, um, oh, let's go and have a couple of beers after the monthly meeting and we got home at 12 o'clock on a Monday night. <laughs> so that's how it started. I don't know, maybe it's the, because it's a holiday town and we started drinking every day and that's not something we ever did in Joburg. And it got progressively worse. And then I think maybe probably a year or so in from the time we'd been down there and I had a, a real drinking buddy, one of the few friends I had in Comakey, and we drank lots of red wine. It just seemed to progress from there. So I think probably maybe maybe a year, yeah, a year and a half in, and then I started realising, you know, that I was drinking a lot and I went through the usual, okay, I won't drink red wine, I'll drink white wine spritzers, uh, maybe I shouldn't drink wine, um, maybe I'll only start drinking on a Wednesday or we won't drink till Friday and then my husband would come home on a Tuesday and say, oh, I fancy a scotch, I'll open a bottle of wine and off we went again. Uh, I, and I've never been a spirit drinker. Being an Essex girl, it's always been just beer or wine. And I even thought, okay, well, then maybe I should try spirits. Maybe I should try vodka. Um, maybe I won't drink so much of that. So I went through all the usual, but realising, you know, that I was drinking way too much. So you decided to go to AA, uh, how many years ago are we talking now? Maybe four, four. years ago? Over four. Four yeah. years ago. Yeah. Right. So why did you go to AA? I don't think it was particularly to go to AA, but... I didn't know what else to do. I think like most people, you don't think you can do this on your own. You know, you do need some help. So I went along and um, I found a lovely group and I, and I carried on going. It worked for me. I think that's the key, isn't it, Sue, to, to find a group of people that you can relate to, that you feel comfortable with and you can be honest with, uh, and then you all keep each other going. It's as simple as that. Um, I don't think I, I really ever had a... Uh, rock bottom you know as they talk about in AA and I think that's what puts a lot of people off going to AA because um, you know you go there and you hear all these stories and you think oh I'm not as bad as them but uh, you know my sponsor always used to say yet and I think that's the difference you stop before you carry on too far down that path and um, yeah as I say after the hangover three mornings on the on the trot and on the Sunday night my parents or Sunday afternoon my parents had been around for dinner and um apparently you know after I'd opened the second bottle of red wine I don't remember anything that happened after that although as you did I had a walking talking blackout where I was acting perfectly normally but apparently I had a huge fight with my mother and I was very horrible to her so, yeah, all those things combined, I, I just realised that, you know, enough was enough. So it wasn't really a you know, huge, serious rock bottom. But I wasn't coping with life. I wasn't coping with work. I was stressed. I was angry. I was aggressive. I was, you know, a, a very difficult person to deal with at that stage. Yeah, and I think those blackouts are really a bit of a warning sign, aren't they, that uh, something's going on in our brains, you know, and we really need to uh, to listen. So so uh, AA got you started. Did, did you go back to day one at all or, or were you quite firm once you made up your mind? No, never. That 18th of April 2016 is the first day of my sobriety. And no, I have never been back. I've never been tempted. And I can't imagine why I ever would want to now. 
Yeah, I think um, from what I've learned over the last few years as well with, um, you know, the many people in World Without Wine, I think you have to really get to the point where you know that this is it and you are definitely yeah. going to stop drinking. And until you reach yeah. that point, um, then I think people yeah. do, do go back and they doubt their choice and, you know, is this really it? Can I really go the rest of my life without a drink? But I think like you, once we make that decision, then that's it. It's done. Okay. So we first connected February 2018 when you emailed me out of the blue and you very kindly offered uh, your services to Weld Without Wine. So obviously I was delighted to get some help. And uh, I just wondered why you decided to come come to us rather than you could have carried on working with AA and you could have been a sponsor to, to many people there. Why did What was it about World Without Wine that attracted you? Well, you know what Facebook's like and it kept popping up and I hadn't, I'd already stopped going to AA in the October before. So I guess I was looking for something else to fill that, you know, to fill that gap, to be part of something. And World With Wine kept popping up and I realised you were English as well. And so that's why I thought, um, you know, that I would contact you. Because where I uh, diverge with AA, and I've, you know, I've said this before to people in um, World Without Wine as well, is that I, I honestly don't really think there's anything wrong with me anymore. I, I don't want to be a recovering alcoholic for the rest of my life, which is how they, you know, portray it all within AA. I, I'm just a person that doesn't drink anymore. And, and that's really what, where, you know, I, I, I went different paths from then. And, and so I started to look around for someone else, something else to connect with. Yeah, I remember Nick um, saying actually that he thought that we appealed to a lot of people because we didn't have so many rules. You know, it's we, we treat people like adults and we try to adapt to, to what they need. Yeah, I've really enjoyed um, working with you, Janet, and um, and everybody else. I mean, we've got a, such an interesting tribe. And, uh, you know, they say that um, you never find somebody with a drinking problem that's, you know, below average IQ or not in, not a successful person in lots of cases or or somebody that really doesn't have anything to give back. I think from what I've seen and I definitely know from myself, I think we tend to be a perfectionist type and maybe that's one of the reasons why sometimes we need to just opt out um, to get so full down drunk that, you know, our brain stops. I know I spent my whole life trying to be perfect perfect at work, perfect at home, perfect mother, perfect wife, perfect everything. And one of the things I have learned is good enough is okay. I don't have to yeah. be perfect anymore. We are human. We're not perfect. And that really is one of the most important things that I've learned. You know, good enough is okay. Yeah. I do my best and, you know, I'm older now. I'm not as perfect as I used to be. Um, I do make mistakes and that's okay. We don't have to be perfect and we don't have to be happy every day as well. I find that quite liberating. <laughs> what, what do you say to people uh, if they offer you an alcoholic drink and they, uh, they don't realise that you don't drink? What, what do you say to them? Because I, I know it pe keeps a lot of people blocked. You know, how are they going to cope when people pressure them to have just one? I used to say, no, I can't drink because I'm an alcoholic. And that used to shut them up. Yeah, yeah. No, come back to that. But now I just say I don't drink anymore. I'm so with you. Um, a, 
on the train of thought that I, I was somebody that drank far too much and now I'm fine. I don't, rather than saying, you know, I am an alcoholic and I have this terrible problem that I have to deal with every single day because it's, uh, as you've heard me say on the workshops, you know, people that want to make the change, if they have been drinking heavily for years, then they're in for a difficult few months. But if they keep going and stay strong, then then it's done and it's over. And they just have a normal life, a different life, a better life. And that's where you your um, approach differs, Janet, which I think is so much better because there's not that stigma about, you know, AA mm-hmm. being an alcoholic. And, you know, people come along to your workshop or, you know, join join us as uh, members just because they realise. And some people just for health reasons. Some people, they might be a runner and they don't want to drink anymore. And it's not a case of alcoholic or rock bottom or any of those things. It's just people realising that for their health and their well-being and their state of mind that maybe it would be better if they ditched the drink. And then your philosophy about having done that, then you go on to to make a really good life and you don't regret it you don't miss it you don't hanker after that drink uh, and more and more people as you say are thinking about their health because people are realizing just how bad it is for us and the more research that comes out i mean when i used to drink even you know going back um 10 years, I didn't know that alcohol had very strong links with breast cancer, for example. And when I had my breast cancer, I I had no idea that I might have brought it on myself, you know, with all those years of of heavy drinking. So I think as the the risks get more and more into the public domain, people think, you know, I don't want to do this. So so now we have the sober curious movement and, and you're not considered completely weird if you don't drink anymore which is a great step forward I think. That's true Janet and uh, as you say about breast cancer I'm sure we must have more than the way more than the average within that within our tribe mustn't we because we've got a lot of women totally. have had breast cancer yeah. yeah. So what are, what are the best things that have happened to you since you stopped drinking let's let's talk about the benefits a little bit. Uh, well my life isn't you know, a fairy tale or, you know, really off the scale or, and I'm not one of these creative people. I haven't found, I haven't found, you know, my passion. Um, so I can't really say that there's anything, any fantastic change from that point of view, but just from the point of view of, um, you know, uh, I'm calmer. I'm, I'm just, my life is just better from that point of view that I'm not aggressive and uptight and stressed out all the time. You know, I do what I can do. Um, life is what it is. I, I dread to think how I would have coped through this virus and this lockdown and all the rest of it if I was drinking. I think I would just would have drunk myself to sleep every night. I'd have slept half the day away and, yeah, but, you know, I, I'm dealing with it. And, and there's so many things in life that I don't think I would have dealt with the same way if I was drinking. So that really is is my main thing. You know, I'm not like Claire Puglia. I haven't always dreamed of being a writer and written a fantastic book or, you know, there's not those sort of, you know, earth-shattering major changes in my life. But I, I just find life easier to deal with now. And I think the fact that you now have the courage to deal with very tough things rather than just hiding behind the wine and numbing yourself out is, is a huge step forward. And every time we deal with adversity and problems, we're actually getting stronger. 
it's the benefits of being alcohol free. Yeah, that's it for me. Um, you know, a lot of people think that alcohol helps, you know, calm you down. You deserve a glass of wine. You know, we've all been uh, targeted by the advertising for all those sort of reasons. Occasionally, still now, maybe it will cross my mind, especially it's cold now, or oh, a glass of nice red wine. Wouldn't that be nice? But that's as far as it goes, you know, really, because I know where that would lead. You play it forward and, you know, within two or three months, you'd be back where you started. Um, So I have no desire whatsoever to go there. And, yeah, I just think my peace of mind. In AA, they do use the word, um, you know, serenity, as you know, and just, just to be at peace, feel more at peace with myself than I've ever done before. I'm not looking for anything anymore. I think our our self-esteem gets stronger because for me, like every time I had a blackout or I did something stupid, I would just feel so bad for days and I'd hate myself, but I don't have to go through those loops anymore. So when when we first met a couple of years ago, we hadn't really launched the membership program. It was just one of of my many crazy ideas. But thanks to your encouragement and uh, admin skills, we, we managed to get it. Uh, off the ground and now um, we've got about 160 members now and uh, I I love working with our members as I know you do as well. Why do you think um, people are signing up? I think for the things we've talked about before, your approach, Um, you know, if people want to moderate because, you know, we do have some people um, that moderate or people that just decide they want to stop drinking. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. If you'd like to join our warm and welcoming community, just head on over to tribesober.com and hit the membership tab. That's www.tribesober.com. Maybe they're just curious to start with, but I do think that uh, from my own experience, you can't do it on your own. You need people that understand and people that can moderate, you know, that can have one glass of wine every blue moon at a wedding or whatever, uh, they don't understand. And within our tribe, we all understand. We understand how we got where we got to, why we become so dependent on alcohol, what it does to us. And we can all sympathise, empathise, help. And everybody's got different perspectives. We're all completely different people. But the tribe's wonderful. I mean, we've got so many fascinating people. We really have. And so many people that are doing so well from our, you know, VIP members that joined up with us right at the beginning in March, April 2018 that are still with us. And that's fantastic because, you know, we need the the older people that have been sober for a long while to hang around and help the newbies. It's so wonderful the way people are are paying it forward now. I mean, as you know, this month uh, we've got two uh, scholarships, as I like to think of them. We've got a a lady and a guy. They both um, wanted to pay it forward. They wanted to pay for somebody who would like to be a member but can't afford it. So, I mean, that's that's beautiful. And obviously, we've got the Sober Buddy campaign that we've started now. And I've got Sober Buddies coming out of my ears. I think I've got about 15. <laughs> so, that's lovely. Those are 15 people that have got sober with World Without Wine. And rather than just wander off into the sunset and say thanks, they're sticking around because they like us and they want to help somebody else. And, uh, I mean, AA have the same philosophy, don't they, that if you've got sober with them, then you must sponsor someone else. 
else and give give it back. And I think that's beautiful. And I'm so thrilled that it's it's now working for us. Mm, exactly, Janet. Yeah. Um, as we always say, you know, connection is the opposite of addiction. And that's so true. Um, some people, you know, they fade away from the group and they drop out for a while. Um and then, and then normally end up drinking again, and then they come back and reconnect and, you know, carry on. So it's great that we've got, you know, a very solid core of founding members and members that have been around for a long while, and we've got a lot of sobriety. I don't know what it is if we were to add it all up, but uh, quite a few people on our over six months group now. We've got people yeah. two years, three years. Um, yeah, so it, it really is really is fantastic. But it is important to keep connected. I um, do miss our coffee meetups um, now yeah. because of lockdown, but Zoom's been fantastic, you know, as a virtual, is, actually. Uh, as a virtual meetup. Um, and it's been fantastic. And you put faces to names, which which I love, good with names, yeah. but if I've got a face to go with it, then that's really awesome as well. So I can't wait till we can start yeah. coffee meetups again. But at least we're doing yeah, Zoom. Yeah. So I think we should keep the Zoom going because there's people who geographically they'll never be able to make a coffee beat up, but they can they can all get on Zoom. So I'm thrilled that we've we've got that now. Yeah, well, and we've got our international visitors, haven't we? We've got people in the UK and America. Yeah. Uh, where else? Norway. Um, yeah, we've got people all over the place now, which is fantastic. So yeah, the virtual. Maybe we should even if we just do it once a month or. Yes, uh, and I'm hoping that the the podcast will help us to become more international because uh, for a Brit or an American, our annual subscription is, is tiny. You know, that because our our exchange rate is so weak at the moment. <laughs> I mean, it's that's not at all good for us. But anyone overseas that wants to join, you know, it's I think it's uh, I looked it up: thirty pounds for a Brit and thirty eight dollars for an American. And even the locals, you know, I get people that say to me, "Oh, I can't afford six hundred and fifty rand." And I always say to them, "Well, how much a month do you normally?" spend on alcohol <laughs> so, and then I rest my case and then I leave them alone but sometimes <laughs> they come back and they've worked it out <laughs> so what would you say to someone that's listening to this and they know that they're drinking too much and but they have no idea how to make a change or what to do or they're, they're just stuck as, as we were for many years what, what would you say to them I would say um, that World Without Wine is a fantastic place to help people that really want to stop drinking. We do have some people that moderate, but I think the majority of us know that uh, to stop completely, and we need people to help us to do that. So the offerings that we've got with the WhatsApp groups, with the Zoom meetups, the opportunity for a workshop, and, and now anybody can attend a workshop because you know we're doing virtual workshops at the moment. All those, oh, the, the emails, the daily emails, um, which help people to, you know, think about their relationship with alcohol and try to change their thinking around it. Talk to people. We can all share our stories. We can all share our experiences. Everybody's got a different story to tell. And I think that's what really, really helps. Yeah, I mean, many people just uh, see my little kind of WhatsApp symbol on the website and they start having a chat with me and, you know, I'm perfectly happy with that. So it's uh, it's lovely to make that connection and assess whether we are right for, for whoever wants to work with us. Okay, well, I think I'm coming to the end of my question list, Sue. Thank you so much <laughs> for your time and for everything you do. 
And uh, is there anything that you'd like to add that we haven't covered? Um, well, that's my pleasure, Janet. It really is. Um, I love being involved. I love chatting with people. I like to think I help um, in lots of instances. Thank you, Sue. That was really interesting. And, and thank you for everything you do. As usual, I'm going to pull a few points out of our conversation, points that particularly resonated with me, and I'd like you to, to think about more perhaps when you turn off this podcast. First of all, if you think you drink too much, then you probably do. But another real danger sign that Sue talked about is making lots of rules so that you can cut down. Sue talked to us about uh, switching from red to white wine, from wine to vodka, not drinking until Wednesday. I mean, I had to smile because this is so common and I did so much of this. And it all boils down to the fact that we can't bear the thought of having to give up completely. So we think, oh, if I set a few rules, I'll get this thing under control and then everything will be cool. Spoiler alert, it rarely is. My rules were crazy. My, my favourite one was uh, I got all the alcohol out of the house and I said to my husband, OK, never drinking at home again. I'll only drink when we go out. And guess what? I made him go out practically every night. Poor man was exhausted. So if you're setting rules, then a um, bit of a red flag there. So also talked uh, with me about the similarities and the differences between AA and World Without Wine. I went to AA briefly. It didn't suit me at all. But Sue um, did better with AA. And in fact, they're the ones uh, that managed to get her to stop drinking. And we, we agreed that the big similarity between the two is that you can find your people. This is not something that you can do alone. You need other people to support you and keep you going. And a difference between AA and World Without Wine is that AA will see you as an alcoholic. Whereas Sue and I have ditched the labels. We don't feel like alcoholics. We feel like people that used to drink far too much and now we don't. We believe that you can change your habits in a few months and then you can lead a happy and alcohol-free life. We don't believe it should be a lifetime struggle. And the last point is Sue didn't have a rock bottom. The clever people actually take action before they get to rock bottom. They know they're on a slippery slope and decide to step off before their drinking becomes a real problem. Our average client that comes along to World Without Wine is a lady, a successful lady with a nice family, a good job, and she's sinking a bottle of wine a night and a little more at the weekends. Now that, I'm afraid, is a slippery slope. Seven bottles of wine a week is not okay. Seven bottles of wine will make you dependent and it will almost definitely harm your health, your mental and your physical health. Always remember that the so-called safe limits or a bottle and a half of wine a week. And if you can't keep to those, if you set all those silly rules and you keep breaking them, then, then just ditch the stuff. It is so much easier. So I think my main piece of advice from that conversation is to, to get help maybe before you really, really need it. You don't have to experience the heartache of a rock bottom. Thank you so much for listening. We're thrilled with the number of downloads and reviews we've been getting, far more than we were expecting. We're going to divide the episodes into seasons. 
This is the end of season one because this is episode 10. And season one really has been about us getting used to podcasting, chatting to people, you know, very close in our community, people that are helping me to run World Without Wine. So in season two, we'll be uh, casting our net a little wider, but still very much connecting with people in our community. We're just taking a tiny break, two-week break, and then we'll be back with season two on Saturday, the 1st of August. So please don't forget about us. If you've subscribed, then it should pop back on your phone on the 1st of August. And again, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, share, and leave us a review. Till next season. Bye. Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard, it takes courage and grit, and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain, and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.